You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay- Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. First, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the NFL, week number two, college football, and a little bit about the Brewers. But first, Danny, right into the NFL and where my Packers took this L by one point, man, 25-24 against your Atlanta Falcons. I went to this game, Danny. And let me just tell you what I saw. I saw a whole lot of Packers fans. Of course, we travel well. Um, I saw in the first half, Ritter just looks, looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, he threw an interception that first half. Quite frankly, throughout the game, he should have had about three more interceptions. <laughs> um, there were a couple of draft interceptions by our uh, Packers. Uh, and all, but Ritter showed up in the second half. But what impressed me the most, Danny, is basically your y'all's running game, man. Bijan Robinson goes for 124 yards on 19 carries. Uh, Algier, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, have 48 yards, 16 carries. But overall, man. The Falcons had 211 rushing yards. If it wasn't for the rushing, I don't know where y'all offense would have been, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers offense looked pedestrian, quite frankly. They only had 151 yards passing. Um, got sacked uh, one time there. Uh, the running game just was not great. 15 carries by A.J. Dillon for 55 yards. What I saw in this game, Danny, was the lack of a running game by the uh, Packers, more so the explosiveness. There just wasn't a whole lot of holes. Um, closed up pretty pretty good, which to me is an indication that uh, either the Packers' O-line just wasn't doing it, and, and Elton Jenkins, he did get hurt in the first half. Uh, so that could be a reasoning why. Or it could have been the Falcons D-line just, you know, stepped up to the plate. Either way you look at it, Danny, it, the offense just did not pop. And that could have been because of y'all's rushing game. The rushing game obviously wound the clock down. Uh, the time of possession uh, was well into you, you all's favor. Uh, and so I think that has something to do with it, man. But, man, this kid, Bijan Robinson, is something special. There were a few moves in there that I was like, man, this is very standard-ish. And so uh, that is someone to keep your eye on, Bijan Robinson. What say you about this game, Danny? Packers had every opportunity to put this game away, and they did not convert. So, Jason, there were some missed opportunities, I think, on the Green Bay side of the ball. They were up 20, 
what, 12 or 13 in the second half, where key moment was when Jordan Love was trying to draw off sides and he fell over the offensive line. So I'm not sure if there was a communication issue between him and the center where they were going to run a QB draw or QB sneak. But then now it's key because if you guys would have picked up that first down, we wouldn't have got the ball and you could have killed some more clock. Congratulations to my Falcons, man. That was a big win. Uh, but it was still one of those victories that in the past we would have lost. It could be a key game going down the stretch from a playoff positioning perspective. Uh, so these types of games are the ones you want to get because you just don't know down the line from an injury standpoint and who gets hot and everything that you want to at least keep pace. So Bijan is, I'm going to tell you this, Jason, you're talking about Barry Sanders, that play, we went forward on fourth down in the fourth quarter and there were two Packers in the backfield and Bijan shook both down <laughs> to get the first down. And just seeing that, just gives them uh, – I was speaking to a fellow Falcon fan where with Algier and Bijan is very similar to Warwick Dunn and Allstock. If you remember from the Tampa Bay years, where Algier is more that ground and pound and Bijan's that speedy. You can put him anywhere on the field, and uh, he'll, he'll more than likely get that first down. So and speaking of the NFC North, Danny – NFC North did not fare well at all in week two. Um, you had the Vikings lose to the Eagles, uh, 34 to 28. You also had the Lions lose uh, in overtime against the Seattle Seahawks, 37-31, where Geno Smith continues just to resurface his career, man. I mean, this, this is this a career that has come from the ashes to uh, to something of prominence, man. This mm -hmm. is something else. Uh, and then you go to the Bears L, man, uh, against the Buccaneers, man, 27-17. Um, Danny, just from a Bears standpoint, man, listen, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned for uh, Justin here. Um, just Justin Fields, just 211 yards, uh, one touchdown, two picks. I don't know if this is the right offense, man. This offense is atrocious, um, even though he has the weapons. Um, so I don't know if it's a matter of him not seeing, seeing things right or what, but it's just not clicking, man. DJ Moore, though, has six receptions for 104 yards. So we'll see about these lowly bears. Um, a game that really stood out to me um, this weekend besides the Packers uh, and Falcons game, Danny. Um, well, there's a couple of scores that stood out to me. One score that stood out to me was uh, the ravens Bengals, where the Bengals go down 0-2. 27-24, um, Ravens prevail. The Bengals are not the Bengals that we know mm -hmm. of. Joe Burrow, um, and he ends up, ends up getting hurt uh, in Dahl. So we'll see what happens there uh, in Dahl. Uh, the other game that scored that kind of, you know, 
got my attention here was the Dolphins and Patriots. And I say the Dolphins because I think you really got to start looking out for the Dolphins. The Dolphins can win this division. I'm not so gung-ho about the Bills uh, with the struggles um, that they continue to have with turnovers and everything. But uh, these Dolphins can do something. And as long as Tua can stay healthy, they got an offense for you. And they've got a halfway decent defense. So the Dolphins, to me, is, is a team to really, really watch out for, Danny. What say you about this NFL week number two? Uh, a couple other games of note. Uh, the Chargers went 0-2, second week in a row where they've lost a close one. And that head coach, I don't know how he still has a gig. Uh, after the debacle last year with Jacksonville, where they uh, Jacksonville came back on them in the playoffs, it's just the same old, they can't get over the hump. And I always call them the AFC version of the Atlanta Falcons because it's about closing. And you have all these close games and you can't close. You know, you go, you could be possibly 2-0. and Now you're 0-2 and you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. Thing was last night actually with Nick Chubb and his knee injury and for the Cleveland Browns, um, just curious now what they do with him going he being out for the year he's out for the year what do they do there running back and supporting Deshaun Watson something just for all the talent Cleveland has I know they have an offensive lineman out I think it's their I want to say their left or right tackle but for so much talent man they just seem off and I'm not sure if it's Deshaun Watson still trying to work off rust or they just seem out of sync when I was watching them last night. So great win by Pittsburgh. And then just to call out the Cowboys, that defense is one to be reckoned with right now. Micah Parsons is a man on a mission. And if that defense continues to play like that, Dallas is going to be tough. But we've seen this before where when they get in the playoffs, that's where things kind of unravel from an offensive standpoint. So the offense needs to make sure they hold their weight. Dak and team uh, continues to at least put some pressure on the opposing defense. But but the Cowboys are playing lights out. Granted, it was the Giants and Jets, so let's not go crazy. But still, they look really good. Now, Danny, on to college football, where the news – um, basically, it's still Colorado. Coach Prime does it again, man, double overtime. But let me just say this, Danny. I, I think one of the things that is worth mentioning here is that this game that started at 10 o'clock at night, Eastern time, drew 9.3 million viewers. Are you kidding me? Viewers, man. <laughs> and so... According to ESPN, um, this 9.3 million viewers uh, makes it the most watched late night college football game ever on ESPN. Crazy. This this is the prime effect, man. Mm -hmm. This is the prime effect. Normally in this broadcast window, uh, according to ESPN, 
uh, the average viewership is 1.7 million. That was last year. So you mean tell me he's coming close to basically nine times the viewership? <laughs> that is nuts, man. Colorado should, you know, they were favored by much more. Uh, they took double overtime to prevail against Colorado State. But this almost sounds like, you remember how back in the day, well, we don't know, but we weren't necessarily born or too young. But Muhammad Ali would always, you know, have these lines to really spur up the uh, interest in the fight. Mm-hmm. Same thing in a sense with Mike Tyson, spur up interest in the fight. You know, of course, there are some things said by the Colorado State football coach to spur up additional interest in this mm-hmm. matchup. And it worked, man. 9.3 million viewers later, they're still talking about it. Um, and so next, Colorado plays uh, Oregon. Uh, up in North Oregon, uh, it's a uh, 3.30 game uh, on ABC. Um, the other two, first two games were on Fox, uh, where that average viewership was 8 million viewers. I have never really watched Colorado football, Danny. I haven't watched Colorado football really since uh, way back in the day. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart and, and that Sean crew. Salam and all Sean that. Salam, yeah, that crew. I haven't watched Colorado football, but, you know, this this is really forcing, if you will, uh, uh, me to watch because I'm just curious. I mean, we, we've seen what Prime did at Jackson State. Yep. We've seen what Shadur has done at Jackson State and Travis Hunter. And unfortunately, he got hurt. He may be out two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. on a cheap shot, in my opinion. This speaks volumes to what can happen. And we talked about it last week, Danny. You go to HBCU, you can go anywhere uh, and do great things. Uh, this proves it even more. What say you about this game? I probably sing the sentiments of a lot of people. I was hanging on, man, by a thread. I was like, man, this game is late. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado was very lucky to pull this one out just mm-hmm. due to Colorado state and their silly penalties. Mm-hmm. They, they just were making key mistakes at the wrong time, which gave Colorado life because Colorado technically shouldn't have been in this game just the way they are, they are playing. And I was worried for them because like you said, last week, I was worried about this being a trap game. And also a rivalry game on top of it. But they pulled it out. They got that third win heading into this tough stretch now that they have in conference, starting with Oregon. If you watch the pregame and the morning, and Prime had them going all day. He had <laughs> everyone was coming out the woodwork. Everyone was coming out to, to the game. And it was like star-studded event. It looked like Formula One. When they're in Miami. Man, you are not lying. You had a rock out there. I mean, you had everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, and so with them doing that, and now, you know, with them come playing against Oregon, the shame here is Hunter being out mm-hmm. uh, because they're not going to be at full strength. And also seeing him against top talent, like week in and week out, 
to mm-hmm. showcase his skill set is unfortunate because with USC, he's going to miss that game as well, which is next week. But great game, man. It was intriguing. It had some lulls in it because it was because the decibel level was up here. But once Colorado State did what they were doing, it kind of brought everyone down. Mm-hmm. But then they came back and, you know, orchestrated that Shadur orchestrated that drive at the end. And then they got the two point conversion to take it to OT. Uh, great finish. And Colorado's 3-0. and Also in college football, Danny, a uh, couple games that this stands out to me here uh, was uh, that of Florida State uh, prevailing over Boston College by two points. Mm-hmm. Um, they continued their surge here, um, but I think they dropped down in the polls to number four now. And Texas goes up to number three. Uh, another interesting uh, thing here that I noticed was – Alabama continues to struggle, man. This is not the same old Alabama. The quarterback position is in question. The only one 17 to three against South Florida. Uh, in my opinion, we, my Florida a and Raptors play better, um, even though we have more turnovers and everything than Alabama did. So I think that says a lot about what's what's happening in, in Alabama and their, fo- in their football team, especially in the quarterback position. Uh, Florida upsets Tennessee, uh, 29 to 16. Uh, and so those are the, some of the things that stood out to me uh, in college football, other than Colorado, Colorado State. Jason, um, I, would, I would add to that uh, Washington. And so Michael Penix Jr. continues to show out. He had 474 yards this week in, in a victory where they won 41 to 7 against Michigan State. And he is got to be up there for Heisman. Obviously, once conference play starts, we'll see if he can keep it up. But right now, man, he is doing his thing. And then you mentioned Alabama. We talked about that, too, about the quarterback play. If they can't get that right, man, I, I don't see them doing much over the season. It's going to be a very tough season for them. Uncharacteristic season for them. The other thing too, Danny, just uh, this some um, HBCU football here. I'll just say that my Florida A&M Rattlers opened up uh, on the new Ken Riley Field uh, with the victory against West Florida. Uh, even though they're a D2 school, that was a school that has won the D2 championship uh, most recently and been, has been in the final game uh, as well last year. Um, so um, a test, 31-10. Um, 271 yards by Jeremy Musa, three touchdowns uh, and all. Uh, so my Rattlers prevail, 31-10. Um, and then the other noticeable score that to me just kind of stood out here, man, Texas State just obliterated Jackson State, 77-34. to I'm not kind of down Texas State in any way. Uh, the score by Texas State just really resonates uh, where 77 put on the board. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jackson State hasn't been home uh, yet, or maybe they played one game, one home game so far. So they've been on the road mostly. Uh, so I'm pretty certain they're looking forward to, to being home the rest of the season uh, more consistently. And now, Danny, on to a little baseball talk and where the Milwaukee Brewers, man, listen, Danny, they are six games ahead of the Cubs. 
in a division uh, with a, just a few games left. Um, they're now in a series with the Cardinals, and then they had, they wrap up a uh, two-game series uh, of their schedule with Chicago Cubs. I don't think that's really going to matter a whole lot as long as they can hang on here. Uh, but what say you about these Milwaukee Brewers, Danny? Jay, last night, uh, Adam Wainwright got his 200th victory against the Brewers, where it was a 1-0 one, one uh, game where Peralta – had a, heck, a nice pitching outing, but no offense. This is where, again, the fear with the Brewers. First, mm -hmm. make the playoffs, but when you when you make the playoffs, are you going to be able to score? Exactly. Uh, so right now, they finish, They have the Cardinals, and then they have the Miami Marlins, who have something to play for. They run it into the Cardinals again, and then the Cubs to finish the season. First step is make the playoffs. But then once you make it, don't waste these um, great pitching outings with no offense. So hopefully they can rectify some things, get some things right, tighten up before they get to the playoffs. And I just have a, a quick, quick correction here. Uh, the Brewers end this season on a three-game series against the Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. um, there are 12 games left for the Brewers, and they're six games ahead. So I think I want to say they have this division um, pretty much on lock. They just need to win a few a few more games, man. Just win a few more games, and you guys can have this on lock. So okay. we'll see what happens here. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is BackPorchTalkPodcast.com. You can also email us at BackPorchTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us, and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.